friends in it, Pat. Two best friends who love to chat. Oh, what it's like to be an ant. Those who ant. Those who ant. Hello. Welcome to Those Who Ant, a podcast to see the world through ant-colored glasses. My name is Aunt Pat. And I am Auntie Mags. And um, you look... There's a look on your face, Megs, that I don't know that I've seen before. I'll tell you what this look is. It is the look of sheer honor. I am blessed. I have been crying for two straight days. My niece, you know I'm on Instagram. Oh, God, you got to show me how to do that. I will. It's so much easier than I thought because you can link it with your Facebook. Did you know that? Facebook owns it. Oh, do they then they just deduct money from my account? I keep telling you this, you do not pay for Facebook. You don't pay for social media. You well, don't. I'm, I'm paying for something. I think they're hosting my pictures. No, maybe you're paying for like Snapfish, but you're not, you're certainly not paying for Facebook. And if you are, we're gonna go through your bank statements. You have a little, some residuals from when somebody got your uh, passwords, maybe. Sorry to derail, I just, I've heard about Instagram and I can't wait. We're gonna get you going today. After we talk, we're gonna get you going. All right. Okay, so I'm on Instagram and I look at my little profile on my little screen and there's a heart at the bottom and I click on it. My niece tagged me in something. She tagged me. It said, I was reading it, it was for Pura Vita bracelets. It said, tag your BFF. And if you tag your BFF, you're going to get a free bracelet. And she tagged me. I immediately saw it and started crying. I called her and I said, Jose, you tagged me as your best friend on social media. That's a very public display of our relationship. And I'm so proud to call you my best friend. And she said, I did that because I didn't want to tag any of my other friends, but I want those bracelets. But boy, am I so overjoyed that she publicly acknowledged me on social media. I am an emergency contact for one of the kids because, well, because they don't want the parents to know about stuff that they're doing that's dangerous. So it's kind of your situation where I'm a a default, like, um, secret kind of thing. And, but I get that. I mean, at first I didn't understand your story because someone tagged you in a thing that you lost me a little bit, but then I came back at the end because I recognized myself for that. Good job. I'm glad it came around because I don't want you to be confused. You know, you can save for specific things. I have a bail fund ready to go for her. It was supposed to be a college fund, but let's be real. We have to face facts here. This yeah. is at best technical school, which is great. If you want to be a tradesperson, that's fantastic because women can do trades too. And if you want to be that, that's great. If you have to be that, like Tina probably will, that's also great. And we respect her and we support her. Tell you what, first thing happens with my plumbing, I'm going to call her. Oh, definitely. I mean, she's been on the other end of it. She fills things with tampons, not even used ones. She's school of hard knocks. I appreciate your voter support there and... um. We'll see. Yeah, we will see. That kid is going to turn it around. I know she is. I think she's like the Pied Piper for kids who don't know how to buy tampons. And I respect her. I don't know now if she's flushing them whole. Don't do that. Maybe talk to her about that. Well, I think she thinks the contraband and she saw in the movies you flush the drugs down the toilet. She's putting them in there with the whole wrapper on trying not to get caught. Look, look. I love her. Is she Einstein? No, because there was only one and he's gone. She is what she is. But your story's beautiful. Thank you. At the end of the day, she's street smart, and you can't buy that. Correct. Like, I think we know which one of my nephews is going to really struggle with that. And well. maybe Tina should hang out with them in a couple of years. When, oh, when- God, God forbid. God forbid. At any rate, well, glad we checked in on those things. I got to say, I'm so excited because I can see her sweet face, and I can't wait to hear the words come out of the hole that's in her face. Today with us is Auntie Maud. Hello, Auntie Maud. Hi, thank you guys so much for having me on. I, oh, it's great to see you guys again. Been too long. We are so completely overjoyed to have you here. And I know it's the second time I've used that word today, but hey, you know what if the shoe fits? <laughs> Amen to that. Um, You know, when you guys were talking about Facebook, you really were really hitting on something there for me because none of my nieces and nephews, they all defriended me at once. For me, that was because I kept going on their accounts. I thought that they were getting bullied by their friends. Lots of comments, you know, saying like, oh, you know, you look so, you know, you look like 
stupid or whatever. And I guess that's just how they communicate. And I didn't know that. And then they all systematically defriended me. And it was a big thing for me when that happened. I lost their trust. I did. What kind of stuff were you saying? Because I want to hear it because, and they should be thankful and grateful that some loves them so much would stand up to those little bullies. That's a hard lesson to learn that stupid doesn't necessarily mean unintelligent anymore. Sometimes it means good. Like if someone said, you got a stupid butt. You know, I think now it's like, hey, good work. Exactly. The way that the language changes and suddenly it's a, you know, it's a slang word and it's positive. I didn't know that. So I'm seeing the comments and I'm writing on them. You stay away from my nephew. You'll get away from my niece, you little creep, or I'll come for you. I will find you and I will, I'll do something to you. And I don't know what it is yet, but I'm going to, you know, and the comments that I was writing were big and long. And uh, all of a sudden I'm getting, I'm down to, at this point, I think I got, I got 14 friends. That's it. Well, you know who you can count among them, the two of us. Honored to have you guys. Absolutely. And I got to tell you, you know, it's uh, Facebook doesn't live by the maxim quality, not quantity. You know, Facebook says, oh, you got to have all, all these people. You don't need all those people. You need 14. I think that's a great number. I also empathize with you on writing long posts because I'm trying to explain myself and all I'm getting in return is no one's going to read this. Right. Exactly. Who, who said that to you? Everyone has said that to me. I mean, I read it. That's true. Ron said that to you. He called me and said, why are your posts so long? And then I tried to make that sound like he'd gotten a fax machine instead of me, but I had already answered hello. And then he started talking. I go, you know, like that, that sound. Yeah. And he kept going and the whole thing. And I might just have to get a fax machine, punish people so that it rings to a fax machine. That's what people get right away because I'm getting no good news lately. Hold the phone. Literally hold the phone. Hmm. Block his number. Walk me through that because what do you mean? I couldn't even start with that. We'll text Josie. Josie will tell us how to do it. We'll block his number, okay? All right. Son of a bitch has no right. Your word count is not his business anymore. He gave up the right to interfere with how many words you posted on Facebook the moment he cheated. I should have said that. Making fax sounds. I think I sounded more like a dolphin, which I thought was so cute at the time. I was so mad, but also so pleased with myself. Do it. Clang, clang. You can't deny when something works. That works. Thank you. That was so good. It's what I remember the fax machines sound like. Yeah, that was so good. I'll tell you something. If we need technological help, we can talk to my nephew. He helped me with Twitter. I have a Twitter. I didn't even know I had one. And then I started going on there when I found out because I got an email and I went to my Twitter and all I'm seeing is, I thought someone hacked my account because everything I'm seeing is come and buy this Tempur-Pedic mattress, blah, 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 this other mattress. So I get my nephew over. I say, I think some of your little friends came and they hacked my account because I don't know what's going on with this. He goes, no, you followed 26 different mattress companies. And I said, no, I didn't. And he said, yeah, because you probably had followed one of them. And then the algorithm made all these other mattress companies come my way. And that's when I learned. I thought I was X in amount. I was clicking follow. So what do they expect? Yeah, that's the trap, right? You get one and then it's kind of out there. And then next thing you know, you're following 26 or 27 mattress things. You don't want it. Wait till President's Day. You are going to jump off a bridge. Oh, I can't even. President's Day or Columbus Day. We call them a mattress holiday. I feel like that might be a slight to, uh, to uh, presidents who've had affairs, famous affairs, having a mattress sale on President's Day. I oh. feel like that's a slight or a, what do you call it, like a, a joke. Can I ask you guys something real honestly? Do you think FDR was cheating around on Eleanor? Because there's no way she was having intercourse with him. And mm. you think he, you know, had to roll it out for... Yeah, I, I guess I didn't think about that. Um, you know, to be honest, I don't think any of the presidents have sex because I think they're so focused on saving the country, making sure that everything's okay. I know they say that, you know, Bill Clinton was sleeping around or whatever. I, I don't believe it for a minute. I think they're all so focused on their job. They don't, they're not getting excited. I believe that about George Bush and also George W. Bush. Mm. President Obama and Michelle Obama have a very healthy sex life. Well, I love their relationship. He's so busy, but you know what he's good at doing? Time management. He will make time for that. Now, when you said FDR, does he roll it out? Were you referring to his wheelchair? 
No, I was talking about, and maybe this is inappropriate. I was talking about kind of a No like, way it's inappropriate at all. Whenever somebody's a great leader, and maybe this is conditioning, I think, boy, that person probably has a very powerful uh, penis. And I, so when I said roll it out, I imagined him just unfurling his penis. Oh. Those are the best kinds of dicks when they have to unravel them. Because you know that there's something there. I feel so in the dark because I've never had to roll one out. They've always, what you see is what you get. Bam, here's a mushroom. Now, this is basically confirming my suspicion that Ron has a tiny penis. I didn't say it and I won't say it. And who knows, draw your own conclusions. But it felt like a lonely salad most of the time. Oh, man. I, I think a good dick looks like a cinnamon roll. The way that it kind of spirals in there. Yeah. Or a snail or something like that. Yeah, yeah, fruit by the foot. Oh, yeah. Now, that's a good one. My my Bart, he does not have that, but we do some role play like he does. <gasps> okay, that's fun. If you don't have the equipment, imagine you do and just kind of move forward that way. Now, Bot is your husband. Yeah, um, Bot Butts. Do you think of your last name as the plural of butt, or do you just think that's my last name? You know, of course, we've been getting those kind of comments our whole lives, but I think of it like at this point, I just think about my family whenever I see it, so I don't think about a butt, but but it's undeniable that when you look at it, it's plural of butt for some reason, and I'll have to ask my husband about the family history of, because you know when people were like blacksmiths or something, then their last name would be, you know, like Steel or something. Oh, you're saying that maybe your family's bottoms or something. Exactly. Like maybe they had big bottoms in his family. And so that's why his last name is Butts. Genealogy is fascinating. And who would have thought, you know, my last name was shortened when my family came through Ellis Island and it's Mertinelli, you know, never married. Uh... That's all right. Come on back. It's all right. Thank you. So there's hope. There's hope. I'm not dead. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> you know, um, this fun kind of like light blue, like a dusty, like a baby blue things that we're talking about reminds me a little bit of how we met at that uh, stationery, you know, the generic stationery. And I think when we first met, because I was, I said to Mags, I said, you got to see this one brand here of cards because they're a little naughty. And that's where you were standing. Yep. And you were taking photos then of those cards, I was like, what is happening here? Yeah, so I like to steal card stuff and I make all my stuff at home. So I steal the funny stuff from the cards at the store and then I go home and I craft up a bunch myself. So the kid there actually, he hates me, he finds me and he's always trying to get me out of there. So you guys are actually lucky that he didn't come and get me that time. I would love to see someone try to get rid of all three of us out of there. Because I'll tell you what, I've been bullied by tweens a lot lately. And I got to say, I now feel much more prepared to say certain things to them to get them to lay off. I think a good one to say when you're being bullied by a tween is to say to them, I thought you were supposed to be the future. And if this future that you want to put out there, thank God I'll die off is what I tell them. That's heavy stuff. And if that doesn't get through to them, I don't know what will, to be honest. I always go around the the drug addict approach. I just say, you want to be a freaking drug addict? Is that what you want? You want to sell your body on the street? Not that that's a bad thing. We're pro-sex work on this podcast. We're very sex positive. But do you want to sell your body on the street? It's one thing if that's your goal. It's another thing if that's where you end up. Yeah, exactly. And that's what you know, everybody in my family would say to me, and I remember having to say, no, I don't want that. And that made me rethink what I wanted to do. And sure, you know, now I'm, I'm stealing stuff in my own way. But let me say this, Maud. There's no new ideas. It's a circle. And the reality is that person's doing fine selling their cards at this overpriced store, right? You need content for your, when you're sending out your greetings. Yep. The reality is this, there's nothing new under the sun. So stop pretending. I'm sick of copyrights, patents. It's so messed up. Yeah. Like, look. Okay, yeah, do I verbatim take whatever they put on the cards and then I remake them at home with the similar drawings and all that? 
Yeah, I do. And do I sell them on Etsy and do I give them out to my friends and all that? And do I make a profit? Yeah, I do. But to say that I'm taking someone else's ideas or designs, that's a little extreme to me because again, art is art. Art is everywhere. You know, you're not going to look at a Picasso and say, oh, you know, he was never inspired by anybody. Yeah, that's true. I think maybe an easier way around that is like, what if you just put a little in parentheses at the bottom, what if you just said like, hey, this is from this and then this, but real small, credit it. Because I think, I just was thinking about it. If somebody else tried to do this podcast, I would be so mad. I would be so mad because I would say, hey, that's, you know, that's what we do. That's our thing. You also deserve the right to save money and then even make money on greeting cards. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, I think it'd be really hard for someone to remake this podcast. I think that's a really hard thing to do. And if somebody could do it, if they could do it and, you know, make it sound just like this, that's really hard to do. So if they could do it, I'm like, go ahead, try your hardest. Imitation is the highest form of flattery, I would be flattered. The idea that someone out there would have my same problems and talk about them so openly and honestly, I say, oh, we should probably get together, get a drink. I wouldn't be mad right away. I I really wouldn't be mad right away. Not right away. But if there was somebody out there who tried to pass off the story of that first time when you put a tampon in and you tried you tried to shove it right in your taint, you'd be mad because that's your story. The hand that rocks the cradle. That film, you're right, because eventually I would get mad. Because if I found out that the woman who's me, okay, in this film there wasn't an original nanny. There was only Rebecca De Mornay. So in this scenario, I think... The other woman who's not me is Rebecca de Mornay, and she's there to steal the kids. See, I just, I started thinking about my nieces and nephews, because if someone could impersonate me and do this podcast, I know they're coming for the kids. Okay, never mind. That's also single white female. Same thing. Oh, yeah, I think that one's closer, actually. Yeah, you know, it's like Jennifer Jason Lee, Bridget Fonda. You don't want a Jennifer Jason Lee. She was batshit crazy in that movie. And if somebody came up to me with your exact same haircut, demeanor, voice, everything, I would know. I would know. In my heart, I would know. Wow. You know what? I dare somebody. Oh, wait. Don't bring... Whoa, whoa, whoa. That spooks me out a little bit. Let's... I'm so frightened of the internet. Please don't do this. I'm, I'm begging you. Please don't do this. Hanging on by the thinnest of threads these days. And if this happened, I would just call it. I would walk directly into whatever ocean was closest. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. That was on me. That was me trying to show how I know you. And nobody could fool me when it comes to you. But you're right. That was insensitive in the way that I don't want somebody to single white female you. I don't want that at all. I want you. You know what? You're an original. I want you to be the only one there is. And you know what, Maude? If somebody did that to you, I think I would know. I think I would really be able to know because you, you are distinctly you. Throw an accent on and be me. It's easy. But you two, hell no. That's not true. And I'll tell you something. I think that if somebody dressed up like me, you know, put on a bunch of vests like me or some sort of squirt and they had like, you know, my haircut with with my bangs and everything and my blonde and red tips, I think that Bart would not know the difference. I think he would say, okay, what's for dinner? And that just, I think if somebody went in there with a peasant collared shirt like mine and a necktie like I wear and unless it was blossom right right unless about I look at least a little bit different enough from her that he might know you were doing that though because you have showed us pictures you were blossom before there was blossom yeah she was inspired by me I mean I but again you know I don't have a patent on that outfit so I'm not going up to blossom and saying hey you know what you made a career off outfits that I wear, you know, those tights, that's, I wear those tights, I wear those shoes. And it's not a joke to you, and it felt like a joke to them. 100%. So, but again, you know, I'm not going after her, trying to sue her or something like that. That's my point, you know. But I think Bart, unfortunately, he could care less who walks through that door. You think so? So long as that person's making him some sort of food and cleaning around underneath his arms and all that and his stomach and where he gets all that food i don't think he would care is my point now is it okay if i ask a couple of follow-up questions oh of course all right i have several one the blonde and red tips 
that's inspired. Tell me where your head was literally when you decided to get that done. So I, I don't know what it is, but I, I have always loved fire and I love lighting up a ton of candles. I like, I even moved to California for a little bit and my whole family hates California with a passion. I moved there just to be closer to the fires. I, I enjoy the camaraderie that comes with the fire and with the trauma that comes with the fire too. So I said to my hairstylist, I thought, is this crazy of me? But if I want to do something, you know, new, what if I did like a fire? And she goes, red? I go, no, just the tips red, yellow, maybe some orange in there. And she says, I know exactly what you want. You want like one of those flame shirts that the guys wear when they play poker. Drives, dies, and dinings. Guy Fieri. Yeah. So that's what she did to me. This is going to seem like a tangent, but I went to say that somebody had a fiery passion and I looked down as I was texting it. And do you know how close Fieri is to the word fiery? Wow. You know, I bet you it's Italian for fire, if I had to guess. Wow. Wow. I should know that. Fazoli's. Fazoli's. Okay. So, so she made this creation. Your hair, if you can almost feel the heat coming off. I can't thank you enough for saying that. I get such a mixed response. I'll say that. Um, but you know, it's now at this point, I've had it for so long. It's my thing. Get over it. Go home, go do something else. I'll be at home cleaning up after Bart. Now that leads me directly into another one of my follow-up questions. So you said he wouldn't even notice someone else is cleaning up around him, around under his arms and his stomach. Would you take us on that journey a little and and elaborate? Yeah, absolutely. So Bart is um, 99 years old. He doesn't look it. Doesn't look it. No, he doesn't. But he moves like it. He's pretty docile, just laying there on the seat. And I come over and I Gave him all different types of uh, mushed up food. And yeah, does it require me cleaning them up? Oh, yeah. At this point, though, I think all those doubters, when I first married him, all those doubters, they're saying, well, you see what she's doing now? She's cleaning up after him. And can I let you off the hook here, Maude, for a second? Yeah. Now, Now, that made me sad when you said he wouldn't know if it was me or someone else. He wouldn't because he's not well. Right. Yeah. So He's old. He's not all there. And so, yeah, he wouldn't know. He, he wouldn't know. And that's it, okay. Yeah. It's just he wouldn't know. And I say this with all the love in my heart because we're all headed to the same destination. But I don't think he'd know if he was being fed by a toucan at this point. Yeah. He wouldn't know. And that's, that's fine. I think originally when you said that, Pat and I, our instincts were to say, don't, don't think so low of yourself. But really, it's not a statement on you. It's just more of a reality about him. So... Yeah, and you know, earlier when I was talking about his uh, dick and all that and how he uses it, and uh, mainly, you know, that's me just, I'm just masturbating in the room near him, if we're being honest. Oh, yeah. That's our role play, you know. We always are. We are always honest on this. Like we said, this is a very sex positive podcast. So if your thing is to pretend that you're making love with your husband who is very elderly and that he has to unfurl his great penis and, you know, while you go to town on yourself, that's good for you. We support that. It's so kind that you're in the same room with him because you don't have to. Exactly. He wouldn't know. He wouldn't know. And that's okay. Now, how did you two meet? Okay, so this is actually a really funny story. So Bart, he was an author, or is an author, I guess. He's still with us. Um, he write, he wrote a book all about, like, future of technology, about robots coming and robots taking over, and that they're going to, you know, basically take our jobs, and we should, you know, go after them. Um, and I, so when he, when he wrote that book, I had read some books, but nothing science-y like that or factual like that. You know, I mostly read fiction. And um, happenstance, I was in a book club that they said, we should read this book. I, I read it. I said, I got to find this guy. I go to a meet and greet little, you know, book signing thing he was doing. Find out that he's from a very wealthy family. He is very well off. He had encounters with um, aliens and with robots. And now he's just writing about the facts of that. And I said, I got to get to know this man. And so I, uh, you know, at first I started out just doing what you do when you're trying to woo someone over, um, which was for me going over and saying, do you mind if I, you know, sit on your front steps and um, sell some lemonade? 
That old trick, huh? You did that one, that classic? Yeah. He thought it was so funny because, you know, I was much younger than him at the time. So I was in my teens and he was in his, he was older than that. And so I just hung out out front there. I sold lemonade till, you know, till he said it was okay for me and him to go out, which wasn't long. Oh, I was hoping you were going to say it was a couple years. No, no. It was about a couple days there. But boy, he respected the hell out of me and my work ethic because I wanted him to know, you know, like, I'm not going to, I'm not here for your money. I can make my own selling lemonade. Oh, $10, $12 a day for a dollar a cup. That's, that's saying something about my work ethic, I thought. The cost of supplies and the stand itself? If we're looking at all that, I would say that it, we're looking at $1 profit. Still a profit. Now, why is he so mad at robots? Yeah, what was the encounter? What were those stories? Well, the book focused on one night when he was with his family, and they were in Telluride, Colorado, in a big mansion up there. And he said that he saw a flying saucer come down over while he was skiing kind of land on one of the chairlifts and he watched as a fleet of robots just went down the hill all of them just started skiing one after the other one after the other and he said they were so good at skiing he knew that if if robots were to come and take over they would be so much better than everyone all the humans combined that were in big trouble and so he wrote this book to protect us. Wow. And was he the only one who saw this, the um, skiing aliens? Yes, he was okay. the only one. Yep. Well, I have to say, I totally, by the way, I'm a believer. And so this sounds really interesting. Now, I've known about Bart for a while, but I didn't know the topic of which he was an author. And yeah. so I am going to look this up because it is terrifying. You know, seeing robots ski makes me think of, have you seen those videos of the, the robots that can go, they fall down, they get up? And I'm like, oh my God, I don't get up that fast. Yeah, we're messed. We're screwed over is what it's all about. And Bot was right to warn us about that because you know what? If you're listening to this and you go to MIT, stop making those robots. What are you doing to the rest of us? We are ill-equipped to handle when robots come for us. And thank you to Bot for being brave enough to shed light on that. I've already been told I don't contribute anything to the U.S. economy. The last thing I need is to see it in my face all the time that a robot could easily do my job or just walk upstairs normally. I barely walk upstairs normally anymore. I'm going to ask you this. Half already knowing the answer. Who told you that you barely contribute to the U.S. economy? Who told you that? Now don't, don't get all excited. I'm going to kill him. No, it was Ron. But at the time, I was like, oh, he wants to take care of me. You know, I'm, I don't contribute to the GDP. And to be fair, it's been a little hard to find meaningful work. But you're right. Okay, I'm just, I shouldn't be repeating what things Ron has said to me. No, you should. You should. Because I got a list going. And when I run into him, and please believe me that I will, I am going to un- leash. I'm going to unhinge my own jaw and devour him like the vermin he is. And in this instance, I'm a snake. I will black rain. I will. How dare he say that you don't contribute to anything? Oh, I'm sorry, Ron. How long were you on disability? You lying weasel. That's called financial abuse, Pat. And he cannot do that to you anymore. It's been seven years. You are not his business anymore. I hate him. I hate him. It always makes me feel better when you say stuff like that. Uh, speaking of, though, uh, contributing, you know, Maude, your Etsy shop is so inspiring. You are so crafty. I love looking at it. Would you mind telling everybody the name of the Etsy shop, though, so they can find it? Because I forgot for a second here what it is. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, it's cards you didn't know you needed. You better open them up soon and see what you'll never forget. That's right. That's got, that's got pizzazz. There's a rhythm to it that if it was shorter, it wouldn't have. I can't take full credit for it because Bart's book, The Alien Robots Are Coming For Us, Get Your Skis in Order, Put Your Things Away and Hide in Your Basement Before They Take Over the Country and the World Run! Exclamation mark. That, to me, was the name that made me realize, oh, a longer title's actually good. I want to get all that information out there. Exactly. Tell people exactly what they're in for. Now, right. this might be a personal question. How many copies sold? So I don't have the exact numbers. 
But he says that enough copies sold that a small high school, everyone would have a copy. Wow. I like using that idea. It's so visual. All these kids got it, and the staff, and the faculty, and all that. No, 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 just the kids. Oh, okay. I immediately, I'm glad we clarified, because I immediately also saw, you know, a teacher's lounge full of people digging into this book. It's good to know that just the students, because the, the kids need to be enriched, too. Yeah, and obviously that's not your average measuring tool, but I that's that's the kind of guy Bart was, or sorry, is, you know. Oh God, I thought something had just happened. No, no, but I sometimes talk about him in the past tense because, you know, he's barely hanging on. He is barely. How you doing? <sighs> Honestly, I've never been better, I hate to say it. Our kids, they're not my kids, they're his kids. And so therefore, you know, all the all the, their kids, my nieces and nephews, you know, and my grandchildren, all that. I, that's not really my family, you know, but I insist that we are family. And the closer he gets to death, the more I've been trying to go hard with them. That You're not escaping my grasp. We are in this together. Now the money is mine, but you guys are my family, right? That is beautiful. And I think a real, that's a testament to the human spirit. I think that is gorgeous. Now, normally we would say, take us to your happy place, take us to your nieces and nephews, which we still, we still will say that to you. But in this case, the way you describe the kids is like, they're technically your children, but you said that their kids were your nieces and nephews, but also you said you're not that close. And it sounds like, and I'm just guessing here, are some of them older than you? Yeah, yeah. So actually all of them are. Most of their kids are closer to my age. And it's a weird dynamic, don't get me wrong, but I'm an integral part of the family at this point, And I've been in it for the long haul. You can tell by the way that I scrub underneath his fingernails, his shins, his, you know, upper back. I'm cleaning that because I'm, I know I'm part of the family and I care. They always say if you want to avoid infection, make sure you get the shins. There's so much going on there. It's a hotbed. It is covered in different kinds of germs that can bring you down. I don't want to say that you know, with COVID that you could get it from the shins. But I, I've talked to enough doctors now that I honestly, I think people should be wearing masks on their shins. Shin gods. Oh, <laughs> there we go. I didn't even think of that. Well, they already exist. It's like, you're right. Why not put them to practical use? Nobody's playing soccer right now. First of all, it's not the time of the year. Secondly, put them to good use. We don't know the science of it yet. You can't tell me you can't get it from a shin. It's just like, be smart about it. Like, we're not, we don't know. We don't know. So Now, Maude, you said something really interesting there. Because we talked to Aunt Greeny, and she is also younger than at least one of her nephews. And it really opened our eyes to what makes an aunt. So let me ask you this question, because you have such a unique relationship with them. What is your advice, would you say, for people who are, Aunt curious, uh, wannabe ants, et cetera, et cetera. What's some things that you've learned on your aunt journey? Well, first of all, um, I, I know I'm in a unique position being younger than a lot of my nieces and nephews. Um, there's a couple that are still younger than me. Those are the ones that black me on Facebook and all that. Right. Uh, but so I know what it feels like to be both, uh, both. And I got to say, you know, my advice is no matter what position you're in, whether you're older or younger than your nieces and nephews, you, you have the power and they need to sit down, shut up and listen to you because you know what's up. And I think that if if I had to do it all again, I wouldn't change a thing. You know, that lemonade stand, that was the smartest thing I ever did, that running my own business like that, getting, meeting the love of my life who requires so much care and time now that I have to give. I have no other choice, but hopefully coming out of this, I will have a lot of money and a lot of time. That's the best decision I ever made. Now, let me ask you this. How long was the period w before he was bedridden? It wasn't long, right? When you guys got... Because no, when I met him, he was, he was older. So mm -hmm. he was 75 when I met him. So, you know, I'm not clear on the math and all that, but... Hey, let me let you off the hook. No one is... This is not a math podcast. If you're looking for hard math, you can see yourself out. 
If you're listening to this podcast and the thing that your brain latches onto about all of these emotional stories. It's like, leave the math to the scientists like Bart who write those kinds of books. Leave the math in schools. If you want to fact check something, fact check the next time you get on a Facebook. Amen to that. And on Twitter. Because I can't tell you how many times these mattress ads are coming up <laughs> telling me different measurements how comfy it's going to be based on certain units. Oh, yeah, I bought too many. They just kept coming up. So I said, well, I better buy them. So they stopped sending me the ads. Such a stupid mistake. They just sent me more and more. And I kept buying and buying. I, I bet the end of this, I look like Princess and the Pea over here. I'm on a stack of them, like a hotcakes, like pancakes. I'm, I'm right up on the top. How many you got? If you had to guess, just give us an estimate because this is, I mean, who among us hasn't dreamed of being Princess and the Pea? So can, can you tell us the number? Nine, 11. Oh, never forget. Never forget. I'm right up there on the ceiling. You know, I didn't even think about it that way. That's where my mind goes immediately when someone asks me for just a figure off the top of my head. I usually say 9-11. I say that or I say 666. Mm -hmm. That's a risky. Now, I went through a, a real bad breakup not long ago, and Pat told me that I had to stop referring to it as my own personal 9-11. She said that was bad. I, I, I just made the point that as Americans, it's our responsibility that 9-11 happened to all of us the same. Even the people who, you know, God forbid, died that day, it affected us all exactly equally and We'll never know who was behind it, and let's roll. I'll tell you who was behind it because Bart told me. Aliens. Alien robots, they came in. So for all y'all that are suffering and, and you're so upset, it's not who you think it was. That's all I'm going to say on that. Read his books. So yeah. are you saying that Bart was saying Osama bin Laden was an alien? I'm saying it's not who you think it was. So read his book. That's cause 9-11. You better believe it. Read this book and find out. And shut the hell up. Don't talk about it with your friends just yet. That's the name of the book. So if you can, you can buy it on, I'm trying to remember what school that one's at, but you can buy it at the, near one of the schools. I like how you said, you know what, go ahead and get the book. Because you know what, you could very easily tell us like, oh yeah, uh, Osama bin Laden's name. But you know what, you got that entrepreneurial spirit where you said, you know what, you're interested to know the answer, buy the book. This is my future. I'm not giving you the answers. Go buy the book. It's just, look, I could tell you, I could, you know, this is what, what a problem with social media as well. I'm going to try and give you a bite-sized clip. No, read the facts, read the whole book, get the full well-rounded experience from it. Yeah, that's the thing. And also, you're not scrubbing the hell out of somebody's shins for free. You do <laughs> because you're a good wife, number one, but also because, you know, in the end, your hard work is going to be rewarded. It better be because what why else am i doing that those things are the most dangerous things on him i i really hope that you get peace from the situation before too long i wish to you too Oh, God. Wait, you had a very peaceful energy that day because when we met at that store, you were taking those pictures. It was very confusing. I could not make heads or tails of what you were doing. And then we had this really nice conversation with you where you explained it in your Etsy store and the whole thing. And I thought, I just have a nice peaceful feeling speaking to this woman. And a part of it was because you reminded me of the 1990s, which was a decade that was very good to me. There's just something about you that gives off a real, I feel almost sleepy. I feel so good. Oh, thank you. I have a feeling that that's just my smell. I light a lot of pine scented candles. And when people around me, they're like, oh, you know, why something smells like Christmas. I feel safe. I feel good. Even if, you know, whatever religion you are, I still think that that pine scent, everyone goes, ah, when they're around you. Ah, I feel so good. I feel so safe and warm. Well, what is Hanukkah supposed to smell like? Sand? That's such a good question. What made you think sand? I guess I was thinking these poor people were in the desert for so long. Is sand the scent of uh, Hanukkah? I would have thought candles. I was going to say that too. Or some kind of good food like a laki or something like that. Laka. Or applesauce. Oh, yeah. Gelt and applesauce. You know what I shouldn't be? I shouldn't be telling religions what to do. I should have learned that lesson a long time ago. I mean, I have suggestions, but you know what? There's no box to put them in. So you know what, Pat? Keep it to yourself.
What's this podcast for if it's not a place, a safe space even, for us to share our opinions about how we could improve things? Boy, the laundry list, and you too, Maude, the laundry list of things that we could improve upon if only someone would lend us an ear. So say it. You know what? You tell people who celebrate Hanukkah what they could do better. I'm going to tell people who celebrate Christmas what they could do better. So many things. I'm going to get on Twitter and I'm going to tell the mattress companies, you leave me alone. You freaking leave me alone right now because I have enough of you and I spent thousands of dollars. Did you get one of those ones? I was looking for a mattress not long ago post that bad breakup and I was I was looking at a mattress and I laid down on a purple one. Have you tried those? It felt unsteady at best. I have not tried a purple one. No, I'm sure that it'll pop up on my phone now that you said it. Oh, geez. Does the purple one, does it look like when they put a black light on? It's that color, kinda. A little bit darker, a little bit deeper. Maybe they're covering their bases. You can't get semen on here. Where would... Good luck finding the semen on this thing. Have you seen what it looks like? It's like some sort of grid. It's like a plastic. I'm sure it's not plastic. I'm sure it's more. Bot would probably know. It's probably more scientific. But it's it's like a, a grid. And it's when I was laying on it, I felt I can't say a different word besides unsteady at best. Every time I rolled over, I thought I was going off the edge. I have gotten boxes in the mail that were this big. I'm talking size of my head. I open up the box mattress. It expands to a mattress. So I was so freaked. I screamed, barked, coughed. It was the most stressful thing I've ever experienced. And again, I think same kind of thing. I laid on it unsteady at best. It's like a Trojan mattress where the what came was a box that you didn't know what was in it. Maybe it was going to be something fun. All of a sudden, boom, it's another freaking mattress. Were the horses in the Trojan horse? Was it one big horse rolled in and then all of a sudden it's lousy with horses and they're like, this is a goddamn mess. I can't remember how that story ended. What was in it? I think it was just soldiers, but they missed an opportunity if they didn't put horses in there. I'm actually pretty sure it was robots from, if you read into one of Bart's books, uh, it's the Trojan horse. Oh, you thought it was soldiers. No, you're dead ass wrong. It was alien robots. Remember to read this book and you'll find out. And that book just walks you through how many lies there are regarding that story. I gotta get one of these books because, or all of them, maybe there's a box set because I have never heard one time even of a robot being in the Trojan horse. And if we're being fed lies, I want to know now. Yeah, that's a failing of a public school system. I mean, look around you. No one knows anything about anything, but everyone's got an opinion about it, which is so sad. And and it's if it was aliens, they're never going to tell us now because no one will admit fault. We, Bart and I, we knew that we weren't going to get through to the, the masses. So what we've done in terms of our approach is go to the schools, give one book, make however many copies for the student body alone. They read that. We take the other book. We go to different schools. We've got about, I don't know, 21 schools. So those are less sales of books and more going unannounced to a school and giving them to the children there. Well, if you want to put it that way, sure. But, um, you know, it doesn't matter because Bart has a fortune. And uh, so it doesn't, ma- doesn't really matter. Oh, and don't, please, Maude, I am not trying to offend you. I was trying to figure it out. You know, we make money, so. No, I definitely, a Megs? Yeah. You know, I wasn't trying to insinuate. I was saying what a positive uh, Kids need books, and if you didn't sell them, so what? And commerce, capitalism isn't as good as we were told, and... Pat, take a breath. He might not have sold them, quote-unquote, but he's getting his message out. And also, he doesn't need the money, like I said. So, yeah, it, it makes me uncomfortable to say he didn't sell them. He sold them. Yeah. You said something real interesting to me before, which, well, to us before, which was, you know, you said, we changed, that made us, we changed the way we did this. And now I'm wondering if there isn't a ghostwriter by the name of Maud Butts. That's really funny you're saying that. Well, okay. I'm, I'm only saying this because I know that I'm in a safe space. I co-wrote one of the last 10 books with him. And he was so old and, you know, couldn't move. I had to write them myself. So, yeah, they're mine. They're my books. No, you said one of the last 10 and then you said they're mine. So, did you write in the entire last 10 books? Yeah, I did. I did. Oh, my God. We are. The, you are the first guest of this podcast who is an author. Oh, stop. 
Stop. No, I want Bert to get the credit. He deserves the credit because these are his ideas. I have been living with him long enough that there, my brain has been completely dominated by his thoughts and beliefs. I am merely a pawn, but now I am the one writing the ideas down. Maud, just promise us that when Bach passes, and you should be mentally preparing for that, definitely, I want you to think about the first book that Maud Butts will write for Maud Butts. It's just hard, though, because I think people look for that Bart Butts on the book. That might be what they look for on his books, but they don't know yet that they want to see your books. And if I was going to say the exact same thing, Pat, surprised? No. I was going to say, what would your book be if you could write it? Because the world needs to hear it. And oh, this just reminded me of two things. One, I was wrong when I said that Renoir was a pervert. It was Degas. Oh, yeah, big pervert. He painted all the little girls. You yeah. know who loves him was Bart. Actually, that adds up because you was, it sounds like too young. His walls, he owns a few of them, Degas. I believe that. I bet that's true. But a gentleman by the name of uh, Richard Sone let me know that uh, I confused Renoir and Degas. And I just thought, oh boy, better print a retraction. What happens in Degas stays in Degas. There you go. Boy, ain't that the truth. Another thing I was going to say is I watched this Geico commercial where it's brand new. I never saw it before. They're so good. Well, listen to this one. Wait. Wait, a couple moves into a new house and they say, oh, we moved into a new house, but it's got ants. And it's not A-N-T-S, it's A-U-N-T-S. And the way they depict ants in this commercial, it's like, uh, could you stereotype us more? We're not like that. We're not a nuisance. We are not a nuisance. Maybe one time in your life, whatever man ad writer wrote that, and I know it was an uncle, maybe one time in your life, sir, you had an aunt who asked a a few too many questions. Don't take it out on the rest of us. That's just, you think about the men in power and the way that they disenfranchise women. I, you know, I, I was just thinking about this when you asked me, you know, what would my book be? And I think it would be a feminist book <gasps> about robots, robot aliens, and how they experience sexism within the spaceship and the ways in which they deal with things like feminist issues and periods and all that kind of stuff that we have to deal with. I think that that's what I would write about. You think that would be like an allegory for a human doing those things? I think it would just be all facts. I, you know, I think I'd talk to them and I would get all the facts down and it would just be, you know, like all of Bart's books and our books, I think it would be factual. So now, have you talked to robots? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Okay. All right. All right. I can see that we may be in some dicey Meg's face. She has a Roomba and I don't... Am I safe? I want you to know. I want you both to know. They're everywhere. They're already here. They're already among us. It's AI. They taken over. A- AI what? AI. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. AI, ay, ay. You go to the grocery store. They're there. You go to a Target. They're there. What am I missing about the AI thing? What is that? Hey. What's that? Artificial intelligence. Oh, God, I thought it was insemination, and then I was so confused at what you guys were trying to say. But they're mating with us. They're doing it already. So you think you're you think you're safe, and you guys probably, you know, you probably are. I don't know. I don't know the specifics. I'd love to come over and take a look, but... Oh, yes. well, my period's all over the place, so I don't think I could... I could have at, could not, it's not going to happen. And honestly, I haven't mated with anything in quite some time. If it was a robot, I wouldn't kick it out of bed. I wouldn't. I'm just saying that they're among us. They might not be who you think they are, so... Wow, that is uh, one to grow on. As I was just going to say that. I was just, I swear on my father, I was just going to say that. It's weird how our brains are really congealing into one. Well, I, I got to tell you this. Uh, Maud, uh, you are truly uh, one in a million. The way you dress, your hair, your, your company, uh, your kindness toward your uh, decrepit uh, husband and uh, you making time as a published author for us today uh, is a true gift. That's so kind. Thank you guys for having me on. Um, remember to go to my Etsy shop, 
um, cards for people who want to read them and open them up and see what's inside. And That's not the name though, right? That's just a description that you're saying now? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. So anyway, go to the Etsy shop, look at the cards, take them all in. Also, buy the books. Buy the books. They're coming out. <laughs> I love that you're plugging. We've never had that before. Are the books not out yet? Some of them are out. They're at the schools. But I'm just saying, keep it... Because, you know, when, when the book finally comes out by Mod Butts, you'll know for sure that you got to buy that, right? Yeah, and you know what's fun is that Pat and I actually met at Janet Vanovich Book Club, and maybe we should get a Butts Club going. Oh, that would be divine. Yeah, we call our Janet Vanovich Book Club, we call ourselves the Ivanovichs. And wouldn't it be fun if we became the Buttses? Butts the bitches. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, throw, throw that on there. Yeah, the bunts. Ooh, ooh. No, I'm having fun with it. I, you are having fun with it. You're a funt. I just want to say the views expressed in this podcast, re robots, aliens, etc., etc., uh, don't necessarily reflect the views of Pat and I. But we want everybody to know that a they could someday, and b this is a safe space for everybody who thinks we want you to. I, you know what I listened to? What song right before this podcast? Make your own kind of music by Cass Elliot, and that's what you do. You make your own kind of music and you dance to it and you stand on your deck and you sing your own original songs at the top of your lungs. You do it even if you have a small child who screams all day. You know, you get out there, you make sure the world hears your music, your original tunes. That's right. And I respect that. I respect you. We love you. I love you guys. Thank you for having me on. Honestly, you guys are angels. Well, uh, Maud, before we let you go, I got to tell you the the uh, the mantra. And uh, once again, uh, Carol Doyle has knocked it out of the park. She sent this one into us. This week's mantra is, any idiot can be a mother or father, but it takes practice to be an aunt. Carol Doyle, the only prepared words for this entire podcast are done with the most love from a lady named Carol Doyle. And she, unsolicited, has sent us those things in since before we started. And she's our biggest fan. And one day I'm going to meet her. And God bless her. Thank you, Carol Doyle, for those words. Thank you for latching on to this podcast before it was even a podcast. I'm going to tell you something, Carol Doyle. I'm putting that on one of my cards. And she will be, I can just imagine, thrilled and take it. Take it. Oh, Maude, uh, I just want to say we love you very much. Yeah, love you, Maude. I love you guys. I could not be happier I ran into you in that card stack store. I hope to see you there again, but they've kicked me out so many times. The police are involved now. So I love you guys. I hope I get to see you in other capacities. I hope so, too. You will. Well, I love you, Megs. Love you, Pat. All right. Woo! Thanks for listening to Those Who Ain't the Baby Makers podcast starring Colleen Doyle as your Aunt Pat and Dana Carcioli as your Auntie Megs. If you liked this podcast and I do not understand if you do not like this podcast, how could you not like this podcast, then you must subscribe, rate, and review us. The role of Auntie Mod Butts was played by none other than Lily Sullivan. You can catch Lily eating nachos and I think you should leave on Netflix or on Comedy Bang Bang. You should also follow her at, at @lilygilly on Twitter and Instagram. You will not regret doing any of those things. Our theme song was performed by The Cues, and you can follow them at The Cues Music on Instagram. Follow those who ants on Instagram and Twitter, and if you have any questions for the ants, email us at thosewants at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy, wear a mask, and for God's sakes, call your aunt!